We're here starting your day right with Marketing Espresso, your marketing caffeine hit of the day. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Marketing Espresso. I'm so grateful that you have chosen to listen to this podcast. And I don't take it lightly because I know that a lot of you get in touch with me and you say thank you. And so it's so grateful. I'm so grateful for that. That's why I do what I do. So, you know, leave me a review or if you haven't reached out yet, please do. So today we have someone coming back to the show that last episode, like, wow, you know, I feel like there was a lot of nuggets even for me in there. So I'm excited to bring her back today and talk about something that might make all of you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but that's what we're about on this show, you know, challenging ourselves, right? So today it's Kelly Irving is back here. She's a best selling book coach, editor, and creator of the Expert Author Academy, a global coaching platform and community that has launched hundreds of award-winning authors into the world. She nurtures authors to bring their biggest, best, and most commercially viable ideas to market via traditional hybrid or self-publishing. Kelly's unique write book method helps connect dots and solve complex business messaging problems by empowering original, creative, and renaissance spirits to share new solutions, offer new insights, and produce work that enriches their lives, as well as the lives of others. So without further ado, I bring you Kelly. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us again on the podcast. (laughs) Thanks, Beck. Always a pleasure to come back and laugh and have a giggle and share some more insights. (laughs) (laughs) I always love the insights we have. And I think today is going to be, I think for a lot of people really probably going to feel kind of uncomfortable. And I like Mm. this. I think this is good. This is stuff we need to get to with people, right? So today we're talking all things sharing yourself, your vulnerabilities, your stories, and how doing this helps you show up in your business better, in work better, and and why we need to be doing this. Yeah. Let's go there. Let's do it. (laughs) I mean, people right now are like, oh, I'm shooting out. Turn off. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not being vulnerable. What is this? But I think, you know, for me personally, and I will kick it off with this, but for me personally, one of the biggest journeys in my business has actually been allowing myself to be me. And, you know, there's there's that saying of, and we said it last episode, there's that saying of the biggest personal development journey you'll ever go on is writing a book or running a business. And it is so true. Like, I think you suddenly learn a lot about yourself and, and you have to be vulnerable and you find that the more vulnerable you are, the more connection I think feel you can make. So... I'll let you take it from there, but that was my Yeah, I mean, there's two really good points, I think, to go with there. And the first is about that genuine connection. So I think, and and the second thing is that sticky point about being vulnerable and why it's so difficult to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I think, actually, if we stick there first, I think what you have to realise is that running a business, writing any kind of content, sharing your ideas, your thoughts, your opinions, yourself, your stories, that is a vulnerable space to play in. Yeah. And I think the people who realise that, they're the people that get the genuine wins. And I see this time and time again with content and books. So when we're more vulnerable, we share more of ourselves, we become a real person, we can be seen as a real human being because that's what we are. We're not hiding behind this pseudo mask, if you like. So I see this time and time again with, you know, with writers. It's like you turn up at your laptop and you're dressed in your suit and your tie and you sit down to write a chapter or write something or other and all you end up doing is writing to this pseudo person in your head. Mm. So you're not really being real 
with yourself and with your audience. And I think it's that audience piece that is key. So you probably talk about this all the time with marketing, (laughs) right? It's actually not about you. It's about the other person you're connecting with. Yeah. And when we're writing, the difficulty is, and and this this is the same with writing content. So the difficulty is that you don't realize it's still a two-way conversation between you and one other human being. Mm. The difficulty is that when we're speaking, we have feedback. So we have visual cues. We can read body language. People will stick up their hand and ask a question. Oh, Beck, I didn't really get what you meant then. Could you expand on this point? So you don't have that kind of feedback when you're writing, but the other person on the other end. So if you think about the way you read a book, the way you read content in your head, you've got this internal chatter. What did she mean there? Oh, I wish she'd really gone into detail about that. I read a book the other week and I was like, oh, I need to know more about this. But she didn't, she didn't want to elaborate. And that was her boundary with the book. But I was like, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's going on in writing and it's I I think that's that's the key is to bridging that. So for for example, so I ran a workshop a few weeks ago and someone came along to the workshop and she sent me a message afterwards and she shared some of her takeaway points and we talked a lot about the reader journey, understanding who your one person is who is reading your work on the other end and this this applies to any kind of writing. 100%. And she said, you know, it has changed how I've done, been doing all of my content since this point on. So she's not even working on a book yet. She's just talking about her blogs, her LinkedIn messages. She's like, you know, that simple tip that you told me, all I'm doing now is writing to my one person. Mm. And it's changed how, not only how I communicate, but it's changed how I've been able to show up and how much I've shown up since then. So it's kind of like I've got over this blocker of like trying to be all things to all people and I've just focused on my one person and because of that I can generate a lot more content because, you know, it's just about one person. Yeah, and you're you're genuinely trying to connect with that one person. Genuinely trying to connect with that one person. Yeah. So I I think I see this a lot with books as well. I think this is a really important point. So as, as you know, your listeners, you, you've probably been told at some point, oh, you've got some good stories. You should write a book. I'd love to see that in a book, right? But no one can ever tell you why you should write a book. It has to be an internal motivation. Mm. I can tell you in 20 minutes, I could have a conversation with you and probably guarantee I could tell you what to write and how to write it. Yeah. But I can't tell you why. No one can ever tell you why because you're the one that has to sit down and do that hard work and do it. It has to be internally motivated. And I think in this industry, the one thing for me that really gets my go is that you should write a book to position yourself as an expert in your field. So that for me is the result of writing a really good book. It's not why you write it. Mm. And it's flipping, and I see this with people all the time. So what it helps you do is flip from I'm the expert and I'm got to think about all the things that I know to put into this this one tool into this one resource and actually thinking about the person you're actually communicating at the end Mm. who is that person why do they need your work where what is their situation now what are they stuck on what's their challenge you have to meet them where they're at and when you can move them through that journey that's when you become a really valuable tool and resource and help and a thought leader. To that person and a thought leader. Because I think you're so right. If you just jump to that end goal, 
you've missed a you've missed the learnings like we spoke about last episode along the way yeah b you've also you've totally written a book for yourself yeah not for anyone else and and like I mean, it's the same as running a business, right? Like we're not running a business for ourselves. Yeah. No one's running a business for themselves. No one that run a bi- runs a business would do that. You'd be Yeah, crazy. because who would buy the business? Well, like, who would buy your product if it's just for you? Yeah. And, and it's, I, like- it's, a, it's a great comparison yeah. because your book, even like when people come to me and they're writing a memoir, so a memoir could still be something that would help you in your business, especially mm-hmm. I think memoirs work really well if you're a speaker yeah. and you're standing up and you've got this story that you're sharing. So writing more of a personal story about an event that has shaped you or whether makes more sense. But I think the thing with memoir is where people come from is this space of I've got this story, this thing that happened to me, and I really want to share it with other people so it can help them, which is fine. It's genuine. However, it's still a story for someone else. So it's actually not your story. Yeah. And 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 it's... It sounds like we're nitpicking here, but it's actually these subtle differences that make huge shifts in how you write, how you communicate with other people and that point of actually creating genuine connection with people because people don't want to, well, people don't want to be sold a service. They don't want to be sold a solution. Yeah. They want that connection piece first and foremost. And it comes from story. Like and I it mean, comes from story. It's, stories are so powerful. I know myself when I get most of my clients to write stories around case studies rather than a, a boring case study, I get them to write a story about the shift that they've mm. had in, in a client or however it is. They don't need to mention the, the client, but they talk about the shift. And all of the time, whenever they do these posts, they go twice as good as any of the other stuff that they do Yeah, because people are resonating because they're like, yeah, I'm in that position and I want to get to there. It hits your market in a way that like just saying, hey, I do X, Y, Z just doesn't. Like, you know, people want to hear someone's in their, sh- you know, people want to know that someone else has been in their shoes or, you know, they want to see people that have had the same struggles as them or, you know, they want someone to resonate with. I think this comes back to why we write and why we read as well. So right. I've had this conversation with people before and a lot of people say, well, I just read for, especially nonfiction, I read for knowledge and wisdom. And that's true, but also we read for a sense of belonging. Mm. We read because it creates an affinity between us, shared experiences, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. You know, if you think about those stories and those things that jump out at you, you know, even in a fiction book, there's stuff like fiction books, for example, they're all based, they're really simple at their core. It's a really simple storyline, like boy meets girl and falls in love, but there's all this tension to actually getting to the happy ending. Yeah, yeah every time. So that the the things that happen and the setting and everything could be like completely complex and like a story that you've never heard before, but at its core, that's the message. I so always wanted to be a fiction writer, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a dream of mine. One day you will see Beck Chappell fiction writer. <laughs> Why not? I know, right? I should just do that on the side with all of my spare time. <laughs> let's do your non-fiction book first. Yeah, though. yeah, let's do that first. <laughs> no, but I think they're great examples of the, the yeah, we are looking for that resonation, the, the you know, to resonate with mm. somebody else. We want somebody, we want to feel heard. Yeah. And seen, I think that's the big right? thing. Yeah. You know, this is why I love Oscar Trimboli's work in this space about actually listening. Mm. Right, we jump real quick to solutions 
I can fix your problem. But you know what? In 95% of the cases, people don't want their problem fixed. They want you to listen to them first. 100%. And men get that wrong every time. (laughs) But that's another podcast episode. (laughs) Sorry, men. Sorry, but that's science. All right. You can't help it. No, it's so true. And I think the vulnerability piece, right? Like let's let's come back to that. Cause I think one of the things I when I when I sit down with a client, one of the things most people struggle with is why does my story matter to what I do? Yeah. And it's like, or they just do not want to share it. Like they're just like, nah. Like and and I know myself, when I hear someone's backstory or I hear how they've gotten to where they are, most of the time I feel so damn inspired or you know, just so like, wow, I could never have known that's the journey that you, you, cause you seem so, you know, put together or you seem, you know, whatever, but knowing someone's journey, it does make them more human. We buy from humans. So let's, let's put this into context for, you know, anybody who's listening in, right? They're listening in to you. They probably listen to multiple episodes of you. There are thousands, millions of content marketers out there marketing strategists like it's probably one of the biggest areas so like think about why you've chosen to tune into Beck they love me (laughs) but why yeah 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 because it's normally not what you do because what you do is exactly the same as 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 50 other people like you but there's other things behind the what you do that's what we're buying into yeah yeah, so true. And I, I think it's important to dif- differentiate because it how much of a story you should share. Yeah, that's because I think that's that that what you're saying. You know, people find it really difficult because I think there's that question, especially in business, of what's oversharing. You know, we don't want to know. Is it like you look at Facebook? Nobody wants to know what you have for breakfast. Nobody wants yeah. to know. You know, it's kind of that classic thing. So where's yeah. the line between it? And you can. I, it, like, can you overshare? Yes, you can if you don't have it linked to a message. Yeah, I agree with you. Why are you telling me that story? What is the point of telling that yeah. story? That's what makes a story critical. Yeah, because I, I actually have been slammed for oversharing before about anxiety, depression and stuff. And, you know, like I got slammed by someone that knows me very, very well worked with me in a previous life, I was like, it's because it made you incredibly uncomfortable because 90% of other people were like, whoa, that's like so powerful. Thank you. Like, you know, I feel seen the same thing happened to me in my business, like, or the same thing happened to me in corporate or whatever it was, because I had a point to the the message. I wasn't just sharing to be like, hey guys, I suffered from this. Like, well, is me. It was actually, I'm over it. So I'm at a point where I can share it without it being triggering for me, but it can potentially help others see that there's, you know, light at the end of the tunnel and stuff. And yeah, I st- I, it was interesting when I got slammed because I was like, <gasps> did I go too far? And then I was like, well, I didn't because, you know, the, the 90% of the feedback is. So there's also this part of like, when you do share things that that might be a bit more vulnerable or, but they have purpose, as you said, it has to, you can't just be doing it for no reason. It's, there will always be someone that finds it uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah. I loved how you put the reference to it. 95, 90 or 95% of the people were really positive. Yeah. But the 5% were negative. Yeah. Because they could uh, see, they could see why I was doing it. They were like, she's not doing it from a place of, she wants sympathy or anything like that. She's doing it from a place of empowerment. And I think that's the difference. Like, you know, 
it took me a long time to get to a point where I was okay to share that because I hadn't healed yet. Yeah. Like I think if we're not healed, probably don't be talking about stuff. But if you've gone on that journey, you know, and, and you're in a place where it's you can be vulnerable to share it in a way that's empowering, I think that's yeah. You know. So there's a couple of things I want to touch on unique selling proposition, but also, and I think that as humans, we're always going to grapple onto the one percent negative. Yeah. Right. We're literally uh, wired that way, by but the way. But that 1% is not your audience. No. So you actually can see it and use it as fuel for the fire because it means that you're onto something. Yeah, that's true. So we often shy away because we've had that negative experience or that and that negative feedback. In actual fact, what it it shows is, you know, you've been brave enough to show your opinion on something, to show yourself and your story on something. That 1% is not your ideal audience. They're probably not the people that you want to be working with. So, you know, hats off to them, whatever. It's sort of, it doesn't, you know, it's hard to take that on, definitely. But the gains, again, I think we've said this before, what you gain is far greater than what you lose. Yeah, totally. And I think that that you said a really good, important word there, I think, with, with launching a book or doing anything in life where you're stepping outside of your comfort zone, brave. You're being brave. And yeah. when you're, you're putting your thoughts down on paper, that is brave in my mind. Yeah. Where I wanted to go with the, the USP, so your unique, your unique selling proposition, your story is what makes you unique. No one has your story. No one has your experience. They might have something like it, but it's completely different. Yeah. And that's how like, that's how like you can have 10 different marketing strategists, but we're all going to approach something differently slightly because of our life experience. It's why we have similar businesses solving same problems, but they're all different businesses. It's why we have (laughs) products all serving the same problem, but they're all different. And we choose to buy the one that we want. Yeah. Books are exactly the same. And I think this is a really important point in terms of leadership. So leadership is probably one of our biggest categories of books. And yet there's so many facets to leadership and that's why it's important to own your slice and to use your stories because that is what makes your leadership story unique compared to the other ones. But I think also what you have to realise is no one ever just buys one book, right? So you buy multiple books on the same topic. So you never have, like, if you were to look at your cookbooks right now, I'm betting you wouldn't just have one cookbook. They're behind me. (laughs) I never look at them. (laughs) (laughs) But there's been ideas and you may go back and you may read a page of this or you'll know that you've read a recipe in this book and you do that recipe and then maybe the next, you know, few weeks. I'm a post-it noter. So if I'm reading a book, I'll, I'll like highlight and post-it note. I think it's really important to see it's actually about raising a conversation about something. Yeah. So we tend to think especially, and I think this is, that vulnerability piece and the sharing your stories piece that makes it really hard. It's like, well, who am I? Mm. Who's going to read and care about me and my story? And yet that is your uniqueness and we do want that. Like I think I like to use like because most people will talk about the big name books, so we'll go like the James Clears or Marie Forleo and all of that kind of stuff. You know what? For me that's why... Your regular everyday people should be writing books Mm. because they're lifetimes away from how you might be living your life or leading your organization or doing stuff in your business. Yeah. And we can definitely take things like and and learn from that. But it's the real 
I think these days, especially, you want to learn from real people. You want to learn real strategies. You want to learn real stories. Yeah. And I think we tend to think of the, it's the same as like what, you know, when you're, when you're talking before about case, case studies, coming up with content that's your case studies or your stories. We've all heard about bloody Google 50,000 times. We know the Facebook story. Yeah. Brene Brown is awesome, yes, but we read it everywhere, every day, blah, yeah. blah. When yeah. you read something and you haven't read that before, you're like, wow. Yeah, it's impactful, <laughs> especially when it's like someone that's, that's as you said, like regular or you, you really can relate to. You're like, yeah, cool, I could do that too. Yeah. Whereas when you see someone that you know is a billionaire talking about something, you're like, you're kind of a little bit out of my league right now. Yeah. I mean, I could get there. I believe it. I'll be a billionaire, surely. But, you know, at, at, at that point in time, like, and you're right, you do take things from it. Like, you definitely, like, there's plenty of books from people that, uh, you know, like the Jay Shetties of the world that I, I read the book and I'm like, awesome, the Brene Browns. You're like, yep, totally want to implement that in my life. But yeah, like where they're at is so far removed from where I'm at. Yeah. I love that, Kelly. Well, I feel like we have done like a full circle this episode. This has been amazing. <laughs> I, 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 I love it. I, I think there's been many, many takeaways for the audience. So I just wanted to thank you again for coming and sharing your ideas and, and, you know, hopefully inspiring people to write books and to tell their story. Yeah, 100%. You've got a story. Actually, you know what? I'll leave you with this because I yeah. love this. So I've got this author, Denise Colazzo, and she works with Latina women and I went to her book launch and I like, like she had like 80 Latina women in this book launch. It was incredible, really dynamic group. And they were really like, you know, I, I feel like you get, you know, as a minority community, you helped raise our voice. You know, you helped create this platform for us. And she said, no one can give you a voice. You have a voice, but you have to choose to use it. Yes, I love that. I've got goosebumps. Yeah, gives me goosebumps every time. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Kelly. Thank you for leaving us with that. That is awesome. Thanks, Beck. <laughs>